We've all got questions about the Bible and Christianity. Some of us are Christians and want to know how best to live for God and show our love for Him. Some of us are curious about what it means to follow Jesus. And some of us are skeptical of the idea of religion in general. Whatever your background, we invite you into these conversations that strive to take an honest look at what the Bible has to say on a wide variety of subjects. Each week, we will discuss questions that have been sent in from all around the world and try to find truth and practical application in God's Word. If you have any questions or follow-up comments, contact us anytime by emailing info at broadwaycoc.com. I'm Jed Lovejoy, and these are Conversations with Dan. All right, hello everybody, and welcome to one of our conversations here with Dan. I almost stumbled over the intro there. Mm-hmm. All right, so we've had some other questions coming in, and thankfully not quite as much conflict over some past questions. We'll see how this one goes. Here we go. Um, the question for this week is, will heaven and earth be one, or will creation be renewed, a renewed earth? And then they have a couple of passages specifically for us to look at um, if they want to turn to them or glance at them. It's Romans 8, 19 through 23, and 2 Peter 3, 6 through 13. Okay, we'll get to those in just a minute. Okay, where are you going to start us at? We're going to start in the Old Testament scriptures, Isaiah Uh chapter 60. Okay. Um, Many people who read the Hebrew scriptures realize that in the, in the days of the prophets of Israel, Israel's future hope was often um, pictured in terms of a new Jerusalem. Mm. Uh, God's people were also, uh, also often personified as Zion or Jerusalem, a daughter of Zion, daughter of mm-hmm. Jerusalem as yeah. God's bride. But, um, for example, in Isaiah 60... And uh, it's talking about Zion or Jerusalem, the way it's going to be one day. It says in verse 11, your gates will always be open. They will never be shut day or night so that men may bring the wealth of the nations in. Their kings led in triumphal procession. Drop down to verse 18. No longer will violence be heard in your land. No ruin or destruction within your borders. You will call your walls salvation and your gates praise. The sun will no more be your light by day, nor will the brightness of the moon shine on you. For the Lord will be your everlasting light and your God will be your glory. Um, Very much like the very words of Revelation 21, where this holy city, the new Jerusalem, Mm -hmm. is described. Uh, Many people also may not realize... Now, we're, just to clarify, I know this is kind of a prophecy and everything, but was he talking about physically Jerusalem would be renewed, or was he talking about a new space and just using kind of the parameters they understood? Well, it's kind of, it's kind of um, it could go a couple of ways. Uh, probably he's talking, at least in part, about Israel's renewal when when they came back from captivity, when God mm. blessed them again. Okay. But the images he uses here are the same images that are used later on in the book of Revelation. Hmm. Uh, for example, in, in Isaiah 62, where he's talking about Jerusalem, God's people, yeah. having a new name. Um, if you go down to verse 4... <clears throat> You will no longer, or they will no longer call you deserted, or your name, name your land desolate. 
but you will be called Hephzibah, which means my delight is in her. And your land will be called Beulah, which means married. Mm -hmm. For the Lord will take delight in you, and your land will be married. As a young man marries a maiden, so will your sons uh, marry you. As a bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so your God will rejoice over you. Hmm. Well, it says in Revelation uh, 21 that... uh, when the new Jerusalem comes down, it will be made ready like a bride adorned for her husband. Yeah. And so these images are being projected into the the New Testament literature. Now, so it's a common language that's being used by prophets and writers right. throughout the throughout here. And but I was gonna say, now that's where we're still getting to the we're seeing a little bit of renewal of Israel coming out of captivity. We're seeing future yeah. stuff. How does all that we're tie getting, in? We're getting to that. Okay. All right. We're laying a foundation. So if you go to Isaiah 65. I'm seeing a theme here. And we'll let you <laughs> read this promise in 65, 17 through 19, please, sir. 17 through 19 of Isaiah 65. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come into mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem to be a joy and her people to be a gladness. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. No more shall be heard in the sound of weeping and the cry of distress. No more shall there be in it an infant who lives but a few days. A little further. All right, so notice this promise that he makes in verse 17. Mm -hmm. And one might argue uh, in the situation of Isaiah's day that he's just using poetic language to talk about such a renewal of their situation. It was as if God created a new heavens and a new earth. Yeah. But... Because they had been destroyed and sent into captivity and that sort of thing. They were going to be, right. But if you'll go over to 2 Peter... Okay, so now we're getting to... This one. Don't lose Isaiah now. I'm not. I'm going to keep hold of it. Go to Peter 3, 13. 2 Peter 3, 13. Read it for us, please, sir. Okay, it says, but according to his promise. Wait a minute. What was that first phrase? But according to his promise. Go ahead. We are waiting for new heavens and a new earth. In which righteousness dwells. What was the first part of that again? According to his promise. Where do we have that promise? I'm guessing it's where I still have my fingers. I think it's in Isaiah 65, (laughs) 17 to 19. Okay. So Peter said that that promise applies to a time that was in the future Mm. for Peter. And if you really look at Peter, go to 2 Peter chapter 3, starting about verse 4. Four okay. in the last days, mockers shall come with mockery, walking after their own lusts and saying, "Where's the promise of His coming?" Mm-hmm. Uh, Forever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. For they deliberately overtook the, overlooked this fact that the heavens existed long ago, and the earth was formed out of water and through water by the word of God. All right, stop. Does he uh-huh. mention the heavens and the earth being formed out of water? He does. That'd be in Genesis, right? That would be Genesis, yeah. Keep tracking. And that by means of these, the world that then existed was deluged with water. Deluged. When would that be? That would be the flood. The flood. Keep going. Okay. 
But by the same word, the heavens and the earth that now exist... Wait a minute. So there was the heavens and the earth before the flood, uh-huh. and the heavens and the earth now after the flood. They are being stored up for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. Well, it won't be water but a fire next time. Now, I held back from singing Beulah Land. All right, go ahead. Keep going. (laughs) Here we go. Verse 8. But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise, as some count slowness. But is patient towards you, not wishing that any would perish, but that all should reach repentance. All right, the promise, if you go back to verse 4, is the promise that Jesus is going to return. Mm-hmm. All right, but if you drop down to verse where you're at, 11 or 12, he's going to talk about that these things that we now have are going to be dissolved. Mm-hmm. They're going to be destroyed by fire. But then if you go down to verse 13, after all this is destroyed. Yep, that's according to that. But according to his promise, we are waiting for the new heavens and the new earth in which his righteousness dwells. Now, the inspired apostle Peter wrote that. Okay. Not Dan. Yeah. Not Jed. No, Not the not. Jehovah's Witnesses. Okay. The inspired apostle Peter yeah. wrote that. Yeah. And he said, if you look at verse 15 and 16, that his brother Paul mm-hmm. had a lot to say about these, ki- these same kind of things. Mm-hmm. It says he speaks about these matters, and they're hard to understand. All right. <laughs> so if you go over to that other passage that the individual mentioned, which is Romans okay. chapter 8. Romans 8. Paul talks about what Paul would call in, in, in at least his ideology is the redemption of creation mm-hmm. that is to uh, be in the future. Start with 8.18. All right. 8.18. For I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. All right, let's stop right there. The creation mentioned twice there. Mm -hmm. And it's not just man he's talking about, it's creation. If you go back to the the fall of man in Genesis 3, Mm -hmm. when man sinned, not only man was affected, but all of creation. Uh, Thorns and thistles began to grow. Sickness and disease began to descend on man. Corruption, where there was no corruption. Uh, death began to creep into people's lives where there was no death. There was pain in childbirth now. Yeah. So it wasn't just man, but the entire world. Yeah, the whole system that he had perfectly designed and declared good. The natural world, all yeah. of it, was thrown out of kelter with God and began to decay and corrupt and die and mm-hmm. disease and hardship and weeds and etc. Yeah, see the whole thing. So it wasn't just the fall of man, it was the fall of creation. Mm. And he says that even creation is waiting for the revelation of the sons of God. Now, I think you left off at about verse 20. Read verse 20 there. Yeah, let's see. Here, so this was 
we'll start back at the beginning of verse 20. For the creation was sub, sub blah, 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 for the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it. And hope that All right, the, let's stop right there. It was subjected to futility. That's when man fell and all this weeds and thorns and thistles mm-hmm. and sickness started. Yeah. And it was subjected to that not because willingly. creation did it willingly, yeah. but because of the one who subjected it, man. Yeah. Because we <clears throat> But even when creation was subjected to all this corruption and futility, it was in hope, keep Mm -hmm. going, that the creation itself will be set free from the bondage to decay and obtain that freedom of glory of the children of God. So someday, says Paul, the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption. Mm. See, everywhere you look, things are declining and, and growing old and dying and car bodies are rusted out and buildings are falling down and yeah. people like me are getting old and getting jowls blah, 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 and everything. See, that <clears throat> that's what happened. But creation itself will be set free. Okay. so Not if, just man. <clears throat> so based on what we've read so far, I'm going to try to summarize it. It's that we have language from Isaiah that we hear repeated again later on in Revelation that promises some sort of renewal. And then you get to Peter, and he's talking about that renewal is kind of in pattern with it was perfect, it was messed up, it was flooded, it was messed up, and then it's all going to burn and be recreated. And then Paul seems to be saying a very similar thing like what Peter seems to be aware of at yeah. the end of his writings. Right. That the creation is longing to be back to the way it should be. Right. And if, okay. you, if you go to, for example, uh, a, a completely different passage, uh, go keep your hand there for a minute, but go to... Um, uh, well, now I lost what I was... Oh, yeah, Acts chapter 3... Okay. Keep go. Keep your hand in Romans because we'll yeah. come back to that. Acts chapter three. Okay. Verse nineteen through twenty-one. <clears throat> All right. Repent therefore and turn again that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that He may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. All right, now particularly look at verse 21, Mm -hmm. because this is Peter after the death and resurrection and ascension of Christ, Mm -hmm. talking about a time when Christ is going to return. Yeah. But he says that he must stay in heaven. The heavens must receive him until when, does he say? Until the restoring of all the things. That were spoken of by the mouth of the holy prophets long ago. So those prophets like Isaiah and Ezekiel, says Peter again here, were mm-hmm. speaking of things that are in the future yeah. that are going to happen when Jesus comes again. Okay. And that's where the wolf lies down with the lamb. Yeah. And the young child plays on the hole of the snake and doesn't get hurt. And, the and you know... All that kind of stuff, because that was the way it was in the Garden of We're back to the original Eden creation before plan. man yeah. sinned in the beginning, see? Okay. <clears throat> now, go back to Romans. I'm back in Romans. 8, start with 21 and read 21 and 22. All right. 
21 and 22, that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. All right. The creation is groaning because it's suffering, it's hurting, it's dying, it's sick, it's decaying. Mm. Everything is groaning. It's in a, in a state of decay and downturn. And not only so, verse 23. And not <coughs> only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. So Christians are not exempt from the suffering and corruption in this fallen world. Oh, absolutely. And we are groaning along with the rest of creation, waiting for the redemption of our bodies. Mm-hmm. So our, our spirits have been redeemed. Okay. But one day, our bodies right. are going to be redeemed along with creation mm-hmm. that's going to be redeemed, according to Paul. And Peter yeah. said in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 and 16, yeah. that Paul talks about this same stuff. Yeah. And some people try to twist it to their own destruction. Mm-hmm. All right. So now go to Rev. I knew we were going to be there eventually. <laughs> okay. Revelation. Rev 21, <clears throat> which is the after of the judgment. Oh. Okay. Revelation 21. I'm seeing some good headlines here. Revelation 21. Go ahead. Yep. All right. Started at the top. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Wait a minute. Did Peter ever mention them? (laughs) He did. Did Isaiah ever promise anything about that? He did. All right, keep going. Now, this isn't sounding anything like what we normally talk about. I can't help that. I didn't write any of it. (laughs) We'll get there in a second. But I know that they're thinking the same thing I am. Keep your shirt on out there. Okay. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride and adorned for her husband. That sounds familiar. Uh, it sure does. If, it, if they've already forgotten, then go back to the beginning. Think about this. Look at that part where I saw the holy city, new Jerusalem, doing mm-hmm. what now? Coming down out of heaven. Uh-huh. <clears throat> so there's no longer going to be heaven and earth, mm-hmm. but as two separate places for God and man, but right. the, the holy city, New Jerusalem. Now, let's, let's think about that New Jerusalem. <clears throat> if you go to the book of Hebrews, and you don't have to turn there, okay. but Hebrews 11, verse 10, Abraham yeah. was looking for a city with foundations whose builder and maker is God. Mm-hmm. Hmm, what city was that? Now I'm thinking about Hebrews eleven sixteen, mm-hmm. where it's talking about those people of faith who desire a better country, a heavenly one. For, for this reason, God is not ashamed to be called their God because he has prepared for them a city. Mm-hmm. Then if you go to Hebrews 12, verse 22. Yeah. Verse 21 starts, you know, we have come to Mount Zion, you know, Mm -hmm. to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to myriads of angels and joyful assembly and the church of the firstborn ones. All right, then go to Hebrews 13, verse 14. Okay. That's it. For here we have no lasting city 
but we seek the city that is to come. What city do you think that might be? It might be that New Jerusalem. I think that's what it is. Going so, on about. <clears throat> so if the Bible is just chuck full of stuff <clears throat> that talks about the New Jerusalem mm-hmm. as our final destination, yeah, which it is, then why are we so shy about talking about the New Jerusalem, which the Bible talks about? Well, I've probably got a couple of ideas. Number one, it's just weird because... Why is it weird? Because that's what people outside of our faith background use. They talk about that. Oh, but our faith background—we're supposed to go back to the. I know to the, the what now? The, the Bible. The Bible. Yeah. And, and use Bible terminology. Yeah. So should we allow other people to co-opt Bible terminology and then stay away from Bible terminology because other people use Bible terminology? But I bet <clears throat> I, I bet the number one that most people are thinking about right now is, but it says that we're going to be called up and raised and called into the sky and separated, doesn't, and then we're going to go to... That's when all that destruction is going on. Oh. So it's like we're pulled away from it and the destruction happens and then we're sent... He delivers us from the wrath that is to come. Mm. And after the judgment, when those people are cast into the lake of fire, he says, then I saw a new heavens and a new earth. Mm-hmm. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. One other idea to store in here, and there's a lot more we could say about this, and oh, you well. may want some follow-up. I was going to say, I can almost <clears throat> guarantee there's going to be some... The word garden okay. in Greek is paradisios. Paradisios. Mm-hmm. What word? Sounds like paradise. Paradise. Paradise is garden. All right? In the New Testament... Uh, or in the Old Testament, in Genesis 3, when man was kicked out of the garden, mm-hmm. God said we can't allow him to eat uh, from the tree of life and right. live forever and do evil. So he was separated from the tree of yeah. life. Walks us out with angels with flaming swords and stuff. Yep. Yeah. When Ezekiel, in the latter part of Ezekiel, was talking about a new Jerusalem, actually from the 40th chapter to the very mm-hmm. end of Ezekiel, he talks about a new Jerusalem. But in Ezekiel 47, okay, Ezekiel 47, starting in verse 1, he sees the new Jerusalem has a river flowing out from the sanctuary. Give me that. Ezekiel what again? 47, 1. 47. And this river gets deeper the further he goes. Mm-hmm. And then uh, everything the river touches comes to life. Mm-hmm. And then if you go down to verse 12 in Ezekiel 47. Okay. And on the banks, on both sides of the river, there will grow all kinds of trees for food. Their leaves will not wither, nor their fruit fail, but they will bear fresh fruit every month because the water from them flows from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be for food and their leaves for healing. Now go to Revelation 22, 1 and 2. I was going to say, this sounds really familiar. Which, which chapter? 22, 22, 1 and 2. 1 and 2. We're talking about the New Jerusalem here. That's right. Uh, the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as a crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, and through the middle of the streets of the city also on either side of the river, the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for healing of the nations. Doesn't that sound like Ezekiel forty-seven twelve to you? Man, it's like the Bible has like... A main story that they're all tuned into. It really does. Now go to Revelation 2. Okay. 
And Jesus is making promises to those that overcome. Revelation 2, verse 7. Okay. Yep. Uh, he who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise Wait a minute. of God. The tree of life is in the paradise mm-hmm. of God. But we just saw it over there in Revelation uh, 22, 22, right? Yeah. Then if you'll go to 22. Okay. 18 and 19. Mm-hmm. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in the book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life. Wait a minute now. So we're going where the tree of life is, and that's in the paradise of God, which mm-hmm. is also in the new Jerusalem. Hmm. So is it like in heaven and he's going to bring it down heaven? to us? That's the word that we all hear. All right. If you die now, this is my understanding. But okay. We can talk about this later. And this is where we're going to get a lot gonna, of questions. I was going to say, maybe we tease this part and come back to it yeah. for another one. Teasing you. If you <laughs> die now, great is your reward in heaven. But once... Jesus returns, and the dead are raised, mm-hmm. and judgment comes, and the destruction of this world then happens. Mm. Then there will be no more realm of God over here and realm of man here, but it's the dwelling be... place of God will then be with men, as Brought it says together. in chapter 21 of Revelation, if you want to finish by starting where we quit right there. Okay, so Revelation 21. Start with verse 3. Verse 3. Uh, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eye, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning or crying nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. I will rejoice over Jerusalem and take delight in my people, and the sound of weeping and crying will be heard in it no more. Isaiah 67, verse 19. 65. Or 6519. Thank you. Yeah, very similar. I'm seeing a lot of that as we go back and forth. So basically, the poetry of the prophets in projecting a hope for Mm. Israel Mm -hmm. was also filled with promises about the ultimate hope Mm. of all people forever. When God really redeemed creation and created anew the paradise that was once in the beginning for man to dwell with God, unseparated from God by sin. But this is eschatology, and there's lots of discussions to be had. Oh, yeah. So um, send in your other questions about particular scriptures, and we'll go from there. Sounds good. Because I imagine there's going to be a lot of it. Probably. It's not our normal way of talking about things, Dan. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> but as always, we do appreciate it. It's nice to go back and forth. And as we've tried to do, it's in the scripture. I mean, it's really easy to talk about our own thoughts and 
desires or the history of the way, but we're trying to stick with what Scripture teaches us. Right. So Bible things in Bible ways called by Bible terms. We do our best. And yep. so if you've got thoughts or comments or follow-up, send them on in, and we hope you all have a good week. Thanks again for listening to these weekly conversations between myself and Dr. Dan Owen. Conversations with Dan is an outreach and teaching ministry of the Broadway Church of Christ in Paducah, Kentucky. You can find us online through most of the major social media sites or through our website, broadwaycoc.com.